0: Welcome to The Baton, a John Williams musical journey. Join host Jeff Cummings as he takes you through the career of the illustrious film composer John Williams, starting with his debut in 1959 through more than 100 films in 60 years. This episode features the 1960 film Because They're Young. Now here's your host, Jeff Cummings. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode of The Baton. This is episode four of the podcast, and I released the first three episodes all at once last week, and I want to thank all of you who listened to those three shows. It really did exceed my expectations. Actually, I should clarify that statement. I really didn't have any expectations about how the podcast would be received, so even one download was a big deal to me. Now, there were a lot more than one download of the first three episodes, I'll tell you that. And because you're now listening to episode four, I guess you like what you heard and you want to continue with me on this journey. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Before we get into today's score, I want to quickly mention a comment that was brought up to me last week after the first three shows debuted. It came from one of the hosts of the podcast called The Goldsmith Odyssey, which has been around since about March 2018. And it's very similar to what I do on this podcast, except they break down the scores by the great Jerry Goldsmith. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I really suggest you give it a try. I didn't know it existed until last week, and I really wish I had known sooner because it's pretty good. Anyway, Yavar, one of the hosts, asked if I was going to discuss the scores that John Williams did for TV movies. I told him I wasn't planning on it because the initial goal was to discuss only theatrical film releases. However, I never really specified that I was limiting this podcast to only theatrical films, just feature-length films. And as you know, TV movies fall into that category. So, thanks to Yavar, I'm going to expand the podcast by two episodes, and later this year, you're going to get episodes devoted to the TV movie movies Heidi and Jane Eyre. And Yavar said that Jane Eyre was his favorite John Williams score, so Yavar, you're welcome. Um, And I also want to say that John Williams did music for another TV movie called The Screaming Woman, but his contribution was so small, it was like less than a minute of music, that I'm not going to devote a full episode to it. I'll just mention it in passing when we get around to that year, in about 1971, I believe. So anyway, this shows how your comments can help shape this podcast. Yes, I am the sole host of the podcast, but this show is also yours, and I want you to post comments. And I'll give you details on how to do that at the end of this episode. Now, on to the business at hand. We're up to 1960, and at 28 years old, John Williams was firmly planted in Hollywood as a sought-after composer. He was dividing his time between TV and film, but mostly working in TV thanks to a contract with Review Studios. Review was the TV arm of Universal Studios, and Williams was cranking out incidental music for much of Review's TV shows at the time. Though he wasn't as popular as the likes of Henry Mancini, Miklos Rocha, or Dmitry Tiomkin, he was putting in the work needed to get noticed. While I Passed for White was playing in theaters in March 1960, John Williams was gearing up for another one of his scores to premiere the following month. This film was called Because They're Young. John Williams had the opportunity to really get some name recognition with his music in this film, but I don't know if it really panned out. The, mo- the movie would focus its advertising on three songs featured in the film, none of which, unfortunately, were written by John Williams. The title song would be performed by fangirl favorite James Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, not to be confused with Bobby Darren, D-A-R-I-N, who was also a big music celebrity. Because they're young, because they're young, the stars are twice as bright above. Their dreams are new, but they'll come true because they're young and in love. Just like me and you. The studio was banking on getting butts in the seats on James Darren's appearance alone, but he wasn't the only celebrity of the time who would get top billing. In 1960, Dick Clark was the host of American Bandstand, which was wildly popular on ABC and loved by teens and their parents. This was the film debut for Nick, Dick Clark, the first of three feature films for him. And he doesn't do a bad job here, even though he's obviously aping Glenn Ford in 1955's Blackboard Jungle, especially since the film itself is trying hard to be a carbon copy with the hopes of selling records along with movie tickets. Because They're Young got nowhere near as popular as Blackboard Jungle, and there never was an official record released of the songs or the score by John Williams. But I've got to say, the film holds up fairly well on its own merits, particularly because the actors are working hard to make sure that what turned out to be a very dramatically charged film holds up and doesn't get into melodrama, even if some of the plot uses a lot of cliches. Dick Clark plays Neil Hendry, a teacher who wants to help the troubled students at his high school, even though the principal prefers to have them fall through the cracks. Play by the book and you'll be alright, another teacher tells him. Two of the male leads are the focus of Mr. Hendry the bad boy Griff, and the jock Buddy. Griff is played by Michael Callan, who originated the role of Riff in the Broadway version of West Side Story. When you're a jet, you're a jet All the way from your first cigarette To your last dying day When you're a jet, if the spit hits the fan You got brothers around, you're a family man You're never alone Disconnected. The year Because They're Young was released, Russ Tamblin was taking over for Callan in the film version of West Side Story, which would be released the following year. Callan was unable to play Riff in the movie because he had a contract with Columbia Pictures, which would not release him to play Riff in the MGM-produced West Side Story. Buddy was played by Warren Bellinger, who was comedian Milton Burl's nephew. And because they're young, I got an Ethan Hawke and Dead Poet Society vibe from Bellinger, and it worked well. Both of these actors followed through on a very good second half of the movie, preventing the film, as I said before, from getting too much into melodrama, which happened in I Pass for White. Also in the film is Tuesday Weld as Anne, the would-be lover of Buddy, and former lover of Griff. Weld would get some big notoriety in 1977's Looking for Mr. Goodbar, which would earn her an Academy Award nomination for Supporting Actress. And we'll have another film from Tuesday Weld later on in this podcast. The basic plot of the movie doesn't really get rolling until the halfway point when Griff is recruited by the local butcher, Chris, to be part of a robbery. The robbery goes awry and Griff leaves the scene of the crime and is hunted by Patcher, a kid from a rival school. They have a fight, Patcher almost escapes, and Mr. Hendry falls in love with the principal secretary along the way. John Williams didn't have a lot of scenes that needed his music in Because They're Young. There isn't original music from him of any major significance until an hour into the movie. And that's because the first hour is filled with those three songs I mentioned earlier, played at a school dance. The opening titles features. A wonderful arrangement of the title song, and though there is no official screen credit as such, I bet John Williams was the one who did the arrangements for this. So we'll skip ahead to the one hour mark in the film. By now, all the important characters have been introduced and the drama is set. The first real scene of John Williams' music happens when Griff goes to Anne's house to woo her back. He's a little bit forceful as he kisses Anne, but never so much so that you believe he's taking advantage of Anne or hurting her. But John Williams wants you to believe there is some tension in this kiss, and he scores it as such. The orchestra swells to convey rising tension, but there is none here. Anne tells Griff to stop, and he pretty much does. End of scene. It would not have been proper to make a blush romantic melody in this scene, but perhaps the use of brass in the music was over the top. We all know John Williams isn't perfect, and in what was only his third feature film, he was still maneuvering through the complexities of film scoring. Once Griff gets pulled into being a part of the robbery later that night, we get a brief bit of music featuring the bongos. My favorite musical moment in the film happens when the robbery goes wrong. Things are pretty quiet as we see a night watchman patrolling the alley. Then he gets hit on the head. And is tied up while Patcher tries to disable the alarm. We can hear the orchestra play a rising series of notes here that never fails to get you a little more tense, wondering if things will work out. The volume rises to until. Unlike the makeout scene with Griffin Ann that we talked about earlier, this shows how well John Williams was able to read a scene and convey the emotion accurately through music. The rising tension in the music isn't overdone here, and it ends perfectly timed to the alarm ringing. Most composers are able to do this very well, so it's not something that is unique to John Williams. There isn't music for another 20 minutes in the film, and it happens when Griff decides he's better off leaving town because he doesn't fit in. He's about to leave the school when he spots Patcher's car outside, and it's scored this way. Yes, those bongos are back, and they stick around for the rest of the queue as Griff runs down the hall looking for a way out. Our final piece of original music comes when Patcher tries to escape the school after stabbing Griff in a fight. Once Patcher realizes the cops are outside, he desperately looks for an escape. To me, this music has similarities to the prologue of West Side Story. Now, I'm sure John Williams had seen West Side Story on stage, or at least heard the music, and certainly some of the music rattled through his brain. The flavor of the prologue music had an impact on the work he did for the scene with Patcher. Here's a bit of music from the prologue in West Side Story. And here's the music from that scene again and Because They're Young. Now, I want to be clear here. There's nothing wrong with similarities between two pieces of music, especially when both are influenced by jazz. There is no evidence of outright stealing of music because the notes are very different. But the tone is the same. And I don't bring this up to accuse John Williams of ripping off Leonard Bernstein. I only bring it up as an observation, and it's something we're going to talk about again later in this podcast. It is not unusual for composers to find that they are using variations of something else that's been performed before or written before, and it's not outright stealing. So, John Williams had two original scores released within a month of each other. It was turning out to be a good year for him, but the best was yet to come. In September 1960, the Williams family grew by one when Joseph Williams came into the world. Joseph is almost as famous as his father, as the lead singer for the band Toto and as a singing voice in the animated version of The Lion King. So many things to tell her, but how to make her see The truth about my past, impossible she turn away from me So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Baton. Again, I always hope you'll send me your thoughts and suggestions to me via email at jeffswim at aol.com at Jeff Swim on Twitter, through my Facebook page, or this show's website, thebatonpodcast.podbean.com. On our next episode, John Williams goes international with the film *The Secret Ways*. I'm looking forward to talking to you about that one, and I hope you'll join me for it. Until then, the baton is down. Because they're young. Because they're young. The stars are twice as bright above The dreams are new, but they'll come true Because they're young and in love Just like me and you